1: Sit back and enjoy Druids... In cars... Going to festivals.
0: So we're talking about tools and what we use, how we use them, how we make them, and how they've kind of changed our practice, I think, in a lot of ways.
1: I also want to talk about using other people's tools... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because <laughs> that's weird. So let's definitely make sure we touch on that, too.
0: Okay. You want to start with that? Sure. Okay.
1: So um, we our Grove does the a giant Lunasa ritual at the Dublin Irish Festival in Dublin, Ohio. Every year for the past ten-ish uh,
0: years, ish. maybe more, maybe less,
1: I'm not sure. Um... And there was, I think it was two years ago, because it was before I was consecrated. Yeah. And uh, you and I were doing like wat- like tandem waters, so we were both doing the return flow portion. Uh-huh. And you were like, let's do it with sickles And I was like, you have one and I don't And you were like, I have three <laughs> <laughs> I do So And so you gave me your two Like, non
0: Non-consecrated Yes,
1: non-consecrated sickles And we were like, which one do you like? And I was like, well, these are both Really, really, really weird um, Partly because I To that point, had never done Like wand magic or any any like using a tool to direct energy kind of thing? Yeah. Um so like that in itself was weird, but also I don't know, they felt like <laughs> you <laughs> like <laughs> they weren't mine and so that was really weird too. <laughs> <laughs> not that, you know, that's a bad thing for you, but for me it was not um ideal. Yeah.
0: Well, there was, I don't even remember the context of it, but there was a moment where you took your stole off and put it on me. Yeah. For a ritual. I've I actually
1: done that mine. a couple of times. I, I know I the first time I did it was when I had uh, my son at Wellspring when he was six weeks old. Yes. And he looked like he was going to start spitting up all over me, and I was like, mmm, I'm not cleaning that off my stole. <laughs> <laughs> and so I put it on you. <laughs>
0: The, uh, the the work and the, the the magic that go into the priestly stoles in ADF makes that really weird too because from that we draw voice right and so for that ritual it was like all right I'm I'm resonating differently than usual. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best way to describe. Yeah,
1: well, and it was like the thought process that went through my head was like, I don't just want to hand it to someone. Yeah. You know, like that—that <laughs> that would be weird. Um,
0: I would never hand mine to someone either. W- I would. Right. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so I put it on you. Like I didn't even hand it to you. I just put it on you. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> I didn't question it. I knew where you were going. It's yeah.
1: fine.
0: Um, but Yeah, that there, there was a there was a surprise tool jumping, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, and a surprise effect, I think, because yeah. it's not something that you expect to be a thing that happens until you think about it afterwards. You're like, oh, well, we put lots of work into these things, and, huh, I guess that actually does make a difference. Well, except that for, for me, I mean, you've seen me
0: work without my stole. I have. At the Dublin Irish Festival, I left all of my ritual garb at home because you know, twins and kids and he was sitting next to the door. And so I went on to stage without my stole and I I apparently sounded different. You
1: sounded different. My, My partner had not ever heard us have the conversation about how like the voice of the stole and the way it makes you sound and stuff like that and mention to me that you sounded different in that ritual yes
0: (laughs) because I did it was less resonant whereas with you your stole over my shoulders it was more resonant Mm -hmm. and yes it's a strange experience yeah I have a reasonable number of tools and I never really used tools in the way that most people use magical tools or own magical tools until... until I became an ADF initiate, at which point I intentionally set some things aside and I'm like...
1: I think that's probably when I started picking them up, too. Yeah. I think it was during the, the the work of becoming an initiate that I started picking them up.
0: Yeah, roughly the same for me. And I have... Sort of regimented my tools out so I know what I'm doing with them all these days. And I don't usually take them to ritual because I I use them in my magical practice more often than my religious practice, with the exception of the sickle, which I received as a priest. Right. Um, But I have a cup made out of oak that I have. Uh, I have, of course, my divination sets. Things like that. I mean,
1: presumably you take the you take at least one to ritual. I would assume.
0: I do. I, I have a set of runes made out of grapevine. That is my primary rune set these days, which is interesting because we don't sell anything like that at the shop <laughs> because it was it was a more time and labor intensive process to make those than I mean, it is to make yeah squarish runes, um, especially trying to find enough. A piece of vine that was long enough and, and thick enough, thick enough and consistent enough in that thickness to that you
1: couldn't tell them apart by and feel, kind of exactly. stuff. Yeah,
0: and it's um, still small enough to fit in a bag. So, um, but the uh, so I've got that set. Um, I also have my Grove token mm-hmm. that. That has become a surprising tool for me. It's a a good focus. Um, We should recharge those sometime soon. We should. Also, I've never thought
1: of using that as a tool. Although I know that both you and Missy use yours as tools. Yep. But.
0: Um, And then. I've got a bell branch. In fact, I have a brand new bell branch now. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll come back to those. Mm -hmm. What kind of tools do you have?
1: I have. I have. I use my initiate cords as a tool. Oh, yes. I have those as well. Um, do you use yours as a tool, or are they... I do. Okay. Yeah. They
0: are not merely decorative, otherwise I wouldn't be wearing them. Yeah, so
1: I use my, my cords as a tool um, I, while I have my growth token with me. Actually, I think the only time I used my growth token as a tool was when I had to go to um, court as a witness when I was teaching,
0: Oh, that's a perfect use for that particular tool. <laughs>
1: so, I think that's the only time I have ever used it, like, intentionally as a tool. Yeah. No. Um, and then, let's see, I've got two, three, four divination tools that I use regularly. I've got my, um, my, my public set of Greek Oracle, which is the the discs that have the symbol the name and then on the backside they have the phrase that goes with them yep because I really like those when I'm doing readings for other people and I can just flip them over and be like and here's the the thing yep. um and then I have the set that you made me out of um, olive wood, right? Yes, that's a beautiful um, set. They're lovely. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of that set, frankly. <laughs> they're lovely, and i so the funny thing about those is that like I've got the the divination set, which is a tool, but then I also have like magical components from all the pieces. Yes. Because you gave me the all of the like shavings and the outline cut and everything yep. from those, so I've made use of that too. <laughs> That's what it's for. I've got um, a scrying bowl that is a giant abalone shell mm-hmm. that is supported by other shells that are turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And it's got the Greek oracle like inscribed around the edge of it. Yep. But it's a very reflective bowl, so I use that for like, water scrying. Um, and then I have knuckle bones that I'm working with and trying to trying to learn. So those are a fairly new one for knuckles. Yeah. Um, they're hard because you roll them and so they have like there's two sides and then there's like the curved edge and so when you roll them it's like a D3 kind of.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it's really weird to be like you have to learn to tell the two different sides apart. Um, yeah. I'm very interested in them. One of these days I'll pick up a set. I think I have them with me if you want to play with them. Um, but anyway, so I have Lucka Bones with me, um, and then I've got my sickle, and my stole. Do you have a wand? I do not have a wand.
0: I, I have a wand made out of rowan wood, which is kind of cool. Very nice.
1: <laughs> Blinding me.
0: Sorry, my phone is uh, <laughs> reflecting into your eyes. You drive.
1: Um... So I've got, yeah, I don't have a wand. Um, and then I have a bell branch that we made. Yep. Um, and I, I've been wanting to make, so this is on my list of things that I want to make, um, is a laurel leaf wand yep. um, to use with kernips, which are the Greek purified water. Yeah. Because, um, like, when I, when I make kernips, I light a bay leaf on fire and I drop it in the water.
0: So um, you're like a, like a, um, a sage-bundled kind of wand? No, or you're like, like an a, Aspergill kind of okay. wand.
1: Um, so like so the, not
0: out of the leaves, but out of the branch.
1: Well, the branch, but then have the leaves on the tip of it, so that it's like... Ah. Um, I, I see slowly. what you mean. I don't, I don't know how to describe that. I see what you mean. Um, but head. yeah, yeah. so I want to make like an Aspergill out of, um, out of laurel. I think that's what I've got.
0: So when you make your tools, right? I've made a business at the Metro Detroit about making tools. Um, But I'm interested in in kind of your process. How do you decide what to make it out of and and what to do with it?
1: So uh, I I guess I kind of have two different and it depends on what I'm doing, which way I go. Yeah. Um, so the tools that I have decided that I'm going to use are ones that before I use them, I like to um, consecrate them and, like, intent them for that purpose. Um, <clears throat> but... I also do, like, a lot of experimental, like, would this make a good tool? And those I don't consecrate first. (laughs) I just play with them and see if they work. And then if they do, I, like, intent them for that purpose. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, maybe backwards a way to go about that, because maybe they would work more often if I did. I don't know.
0: I would call that a functional
1: way to go about it,
0: <laughs> not a backwards way.
1: <laughs> so I, um, that's what I do Like when I'm deciding what kind of things I want to use. I do... I'll make, like, purpose-built stuff for one thing. Because, um, like, I would consider... I don't do a lot of candle magic, but, like, I would consider a candle a tool for that one purpose. Yeah. You know? Um,
0: I I do as well, and sometimes I dress those candles, and sometimes I don't. So I don't always consecrate the candle that I'm using. The Flame of Hope stuff, I'm not... I don't dress or consecrate those candles. I almost
1: never do with candles. Um, I for me it's the flame that is the work not necessarily the wax in yes. the candle I, so
0: for me as well mostly yeah um,
1: so I, I don't often feel the need to, to dress the candles or anything like that um, but yeah I tend to, to attempt to use my tools for the purpose that I want and then if they if they fit if they resonate in the right way with that work then I will consecrate them for that work
0: Uh, when we make stuff in the shop we are always putting stuff together and and we've got kind of a production process because it is a shop. Uh, But within that process is also the blessing of tools and the consecration of tools and things like that. We do at least a cleansing. Everything that we make is, is blessed and we often do things based on Moon phases and, and stuff like that, which is why sometimes our candle selection is very thin. Um, it's not always the right time to make stuff. like
1: I hadn't considered that. Yeah. You know, it happens. Well, and part of that is because I don't... I almost never do things by, like, moon phases or... It really depends on what the thing is that we're making. I'm just really <laughs> bad at, like, astrology and, like, that's not my jam. So I don't even try.
0: It. <laughs> it's enough of a jam for enough people that when you're making stuff broadly...
1: Right. I'm not saying that it's bad for other people. I'm saying yeah. it's not my thing. Yep.
0: I understand that entirely. It's not really my thing either, but again, making enough stuff for enough people, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's a thing that we should
1: do.
0: Yeah. Um, for myself, I don't usually look at the moon and figure out what I'm doing. It's I just either. make stuff. Because there's a, there's a point in practice, I think, where you just eventually say, oh, I need this thing. I'm going to make this I thing. I need to know
1: how to make this thing. Yeah. Like, now. And so you make it. Yeah.
0: Um, and that's kind of the way that it was when we made the, the bell branch. Mm-hmm. We, we suddenly had time to sit down and do it. Well,
1: and you had a need.
0: <laughs> I had a need. My, my daughter had lost my bell branch. In and the middle of
1: a field, and went to the ferries. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye, Bell and Branch. That's okay.
0: That happens sometimes. <laughs> it was at Melton, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. it um, <laughs> sure was.
0: So at Summerland, I brought all this stuff to the Summerland Gathering. We sat down and we made Bell Branches because we both do some sonic driving. Yeah. And which some meditation. Some. Yeah. I, I do a
1: lot of sonic driving. <laughs>
0: I was trying not to out you.
1: That's okay. That's
0: okay. <laughs> I also do a lot of sonic driving. <laughs> I am also not entirely certain where the average sonic driving is between the two of us, but it's probably pretty high. I don't know. Um, sonic driving is where you take sound and rhythm, and you just make noise.
1: stop that? Hey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm driving. You I, cannot I'm driving. sonic I drive not me. Sonic
0: <laughs> and... <laughs> um, and so the rhythm and the noise st- starts to push you into that...
1: Trance headspace. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it doesn't take long sometimes, as you can tell. No, it's a
1: trance trigger for me. Like, that's the thing that I've worked with to turn it into a trigger, so it doesn't take long at all for that to trip me.
0: <laughs> so what the bell branch is, is it's a branch with a bunch of bells on it, is the, the basic way to, to say it. Um, some some people refer to it as an apple branch um, because it looks like a branch with apples on it. Um, so you hear that sometimes. Or a silver branch. Those, The silver branch, the bell branch, the apple branch are kind of generally the same sort of concept. And um, the way that I had made the original one is I made it out of scrap copper wire that I found in, in my house and I'm like, oh, this would be neat. And so I twisted it and tied it and braided it and put a bunch of bells on it braid is a really loose word when I say it um, and so when I lost mine I'm like hey Jan you want to make one of these things yeah. <laughs> and you were like yeah so we made them together and that was an interesting experience
1: it was especially because ours I mean they look I would say significantly different for being made the exact same materials made the exact same, the exact same stuff because um, I don't know, like, as I was, for me, that process was a lot of like looking at the different pieces that I had and kind of envisioning
0: Seeing what where you wanted I wanted to go.
1: Yeah, it, well, and like envisioning like what it was going to turn into and then trying to make it do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if you remember me being like, no, it twists this way and I couldn't get it to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it had been ten years since I had made my last one, roughly, at least. Um, And I had always really liked the sound.
1: Yeah, it's got a good sound.
0: And it's a different sound than anything else you hear in Ritual. I mean, unless you you were fortunate enough to hang out with uh, Eric our our Mm. senior priest who passed last year Erica Uh, Pittsburgh yes Erica Pittsburgh and it last year year before I don't know um and he always wore bells and so playing the bell branch has always kind of reminded me of him which is very nice now
1: yeah
0: but typically you don't hear that sound and ritual as often as you might otherwise. And we've done other things with bell branches. We've had the kids make them.
1: We had the kids make them. We did a Trooping Fairies ritual where all the kids made bell branches and were little chaos, fae-inspired creatures that hopped around and ran in circles during the ride on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was loud. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was good. But they made them out of pipe cleaners and craft bells. Yep. And that's way easier than doing it out of... Copper 18 wire. 18-gauge copper wire or yeah. whatever gauge we used. Uh, probably, I don't know, I'll have to look up to see what, what gauge the copper wire was, but...
1: Well, it was three or four different gauges, too. Yes.
0: So. One to, to wind the bells, one to form the branches
1: and yeah. one for the, like, stem.
0: Yeah. So, there are a lot of different different things that went into it. It worked out really well, and it was nice to do that work with you and with a bunch of other people as well. Yeah, there
1: were there were other people present, which was kind of cool. Yeah, um, so they got to see and experience yeah. the build. It's, I, I liked the experience of crafting tools together. Yeah. Because um, we've done it... I feel like we do it a little bit in the grove sometimes. Um, I mean, like, we crafted the healing blanket together. Right. And I would consider that a tool. Yeah. Um, that was, like, we all got together and cut out squares for this the quilt and then sewed them together like like a stitching party kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was really... Like, I liked that crafting together. Yeah, and of course,
0: we reconsecrate it every year yeah. together as a grove as well. Yeah. And that's helpful. We've got two now, right?
1: Uh, we have like one and a half. One and a half, yeah. We're working. The, the top of the quilt still needs to be stitched together for the second one.
0: Hopefully, by the time this is released, we'll have we'll, two. We'll have
1: two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see.
0: But. No, it's nice to, to have tools and to work with them and it's it's a different experience to build them with other people it's a good experience it's nice
1: yeah and it's weird because like I don't I don't feel like I need any other tools right up until I decide to make a new one that's
0: kind of how I you am know here.
1: like I don't I don't have like a list of tools that I want to have in my head
0: yeah. Uh, Well, I don't think that there is a true starter kit of tools you must have.
1: I don't think so either, but there's definitely, like, going into it, I could see someone saying, like, okay, well, I want a wand, and I want a cup, and I want a divination set. Like, I mean, like, that could be a a thing of you want these selection of tools. Um, And I never really had the, like list of things. It yeah. was the I need a divination set, guess I better make one. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, oh I now have these cords for initiation, how do I use them?
0: Yeah. Um, yes, and I, I think that's one of the honestly it's one of the things that I say to people in the shop uh, when they come in is we want you to have the tools that you need but we don't want you to buy something and have it sit on your altar and gather dust.
1: We want you to have the tools that you need, but you don't need to have any tools. Exactly. uh, um, Yeah, and I think there's a difference, too, between um, making a tool for a purpose and receiving a tool that you have to learn to use. Yes. Um, Because I've got my cords, um, my stole... My sickle, and I suppose my grove tokens, which I apparently don't use.
0: <laughs> well, now that you're thinking about it. Now that
1: I'm, I'm thinking might. about it, I, I might. But like those are things that I were were marks of those stations, kind of, um, and needing to learn to use them as the tools that they are. Yeah. Um, versus my divination set, which is a tool that I made to be able to use.
0: Yeah. So talk about the, the the Grove tokens in a summer recording just for the Grove We should let's do that after. okay <laughs> um, but yeah I, there are a lot of people out there who will say you know, well when you get to a certain point you just don't need tools but well, I don't think that's actually true I think that you don't absolutely have to have tools in order to do magic I think that's true but I also think that tools are helpful things.
1: I think the right tool at the right time yes. for the right thing exactly. is helpful. There's um so I I don't wear makeup like ever. No. Um but there's a a thing about using tools for makeup where like you can put foundation on with your fingers, but it's equated to that as finger painting on your face versus you can use like the little
0: Spon- thinks-
1: spongy, brushy things, um, which allows you to do more like finer detail stuff. Apparently, yeah. Um, and I can kind of equate that to to magical tools. Um, well, I mean, you can put a screw
0: into a board with a hammer, but <laughs> why would you when you have a perfect screwdriver too? So. Yeah.
1: so like sometimes a, a specific tool for a specific purpose can be useful. Yes. Um and can help you do the work at least in a different way than you would otherwise.
0: Yeah. So I guess the the at the end of the day tools are useful. They're not required. But making them, creating them. Putting yourself into them, working with others on them. All of these things can, can provide meaning and additional function to the tools that you do have, want, or use. And the tools don't have to be traditional, they can right. just be the thing that you use and the thing that works best for you. Yep. Plenty of innovation still available in the world of tools for magical purposes.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening, and there's more to come.
0: We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at 3 If
1: you would like to donate, you can do so at 3 org slash donate.
0: Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of 3 Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at 3 and more about druidry at ADF.org.
1: As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.